Discord. Why do you fucking hate me? I don't know, man. Because it's just you. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm Dude, doing, it's, I'm doing it's just always, fine. Always like that with technology. My favorite horrifying memory is playing games and downloading games. And then you, your game is already loaded in five minutes and mine takes like three to five business days. I was going to say, it was always a nightmare trying to play anything with you because you just wouldn't have it. And then downloading it wasn't an option. <laughs> I do fucking South Carolina internet, man. The finest. Like, you'd be at like 50% and I'm, I'm in the tutorial and we start download at the same time. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what i and you know, what's the crazy thing? Even with the ethernet cord, cord, it still didn't make like a huge difference. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like huge difference me personally, but like running it and being on live and talking with you. It was like, it's a minute faster. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that whole ass. Brandon, what's going on with you, man? You've had quite the time with power. Man, so everybody's wondering where last week's episode is. And um, I have it. It's ready to go. It really is. Um, in fact, it should be up tonight. And we're recording this on, what, Saturday the fucking mm-hmm. 16th? Yeah, it should be up tonight. But here's uh, here's what happened edited the whole thing um about two days after it was recorded you know because i had wife's birthday to do and stuff so that took precedence but then instead of being up on that monday the state of maryland just decided that it just doesn't like electricity anymore so i have been fighting fucking power outages for a week every time i'm about ready to upload that episode onto fucking anchor which then distributes it to everything else the power would go out and I know that you and I drop raw fire all the time, so of course there's a lot of processing power that needs to be used to do those episodes, but I don't think it was that raw <laughs> to where it's causing shortages. It's it's like Phil Collins writing this the Tarzan soundtrack. It's it's that fire. But I mean <laughs> I love how our most straightforward episode is still a fucking hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we barreled through it. Yeah, I mean, but there, there was no side quests. <laughs> not really, because there's like there's no sustenance to that comic. Like you can barrel through it and still overarching theme is don't trust the UNSC. The to, be, <laughs> to be fair, about half an hour of that hour and 30 minutes is us roasting the fuck out of it. Yeah, we added the sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> we had to add the sustenance. We made our own goddamn lore. Oh man. Oh, but man. yeah, dude, what was it like living in Texas for like three days? <laughs> fucking miserable but i had less gun rights oh uh, yes 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 what what did you do to pass the time thought about getting more gun rights <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anything is possible my guy anything is possible but uh <laughs> fucking so here's something fun for you though i did do some research Ooh, and um, I came across something. I was going to use this information for uh, the side project I'm doing, but instead I'm going to drop it here. And did you Ooh. know that Disney Quest closed because Disney could not afford Chicago rent? <laughs> Why do you love christening every beginning of the episode by shitting on Chicago? I hate Chicago. <laughs> And I did some self-reflecting because you made a comment that maybe I just hate all cities. And I disagree. 
Okay, what's what's your city of choice? And mind you, I'm going to judge you. Kansas City, obviously. Oh <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, right? So New York City sucks, but it's not like a shitty city. Um, you did say that last time. Boston. You did, you... Well, like nothing. You don't hear shit about Boston. Yeah, Boston you do. Boston just does its what? own thing. One of the most racist cities if you're a black athlete. Then don't if be you're... a black athlete in Boston. That's easy. My man, yo. <laughs> fucking, what, what's, the, what's the saying? <laughs> modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah. What about what about Miami? My, well, my, my idea of Miami might be different from your idea of Miami. I think Miami's <laughs> different depending on what your ethnicity is. <laughs> 100 I, let, let me rephrase that not only by ethnicity as well as what is your socioeconomic background <laughs> yes i will i will concur um oh look at about, this drop in big words what about ooh, dallas ooh. you know when it comes to dallas i don't think it's anything to lose your head over uh, it doesn't really blow your mind sometimes you know yeah but i mean comparatively to you know, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for picking up what I was putting down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I don't hate all cities. I just hate Chicago. I tolerate most of them. I also hate Baltimore. To be fair, the people of Baltimore hate Baltimore. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. I think, uh, I think I don't hate all cities. I just tolerate most hate a few and enjoy a couple. Hmm. I, re- I respect that. But Chicago sucks. There's just no getting around it. Also, I didn't check this week. Do we only have Chicago listeners? Uh, let me, <laughs> let's, let's pull it up. Let's find out. Oh, shout out. We did do some growing as you informed me. That was uh that was a super exciting revelation just because I, I I'll just pop in there to look. Also, we're, we're almost at 500 by the way. So that, that warms my heart. We're almost there. But yeah, in terms to our audience, y'all, we are officially in Australia and in the UK. So like I like I told you in the chat, not only did we get our original parents, we also got their penal colony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but all right. So for the UK, there still isn't enough information. Yeah. So it's probably only one dude. Mm-hmm. But. For Australia, we have the Australian Capital Territory, and I have no idea what that means, so if somebody please educate me. <laughs> I think that's the Capital Territory of Australia. Ah, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Yes, but, yes, 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 yes. Ken Dog, we gotta get to it. We gotta get to the meat and potatoes of this, of this pre-show. The real reason we, we're all yes. here. <laughs> I'm gonna tell the audience now. We did all that in the front end, if you wondered why that was a jumble conversation, um, because the rest of this episode is going to be a spoiler warning. Huge spoiler. At this point, turn it off if you don't want to hear nothing about the new exquisite oh, film God. that is Thor Love and Thunder. Um, when we say spoiler warning, we mean like all of it, like plot <laughs> reveals all of it will is we're going through all of it and I'm, I'm not going to, uh, to put it lightly that 
I didn't hate the movie, but I also didn't love the movie. I had a very meh experience with it. Ken Dog, it sounds like you had a worse time than I did. But for probably the next half hour, 45 minutes, we're just going to be roasting Thor. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to miss all that, you can. And just go ahead to the full episode that'll be playing after this. <laughs> All right, so where where so you know what's the thing about Thor: Love and Dun- Thunder? I didn't really have like these crazy expectations. Neither did I. Um, it was a case of when I when I saw the trailer, I was like, "All right, this is cool." And then when I saw Gore was going to be the big bad, I was like, "Okay, they're they're about to ruin him." Yep. Uh, yep. As soon as I saw him, I was like, "And he is not going to be how I how I know him." So like, definitely, all right. So I do want to say this, like going in, like I, I really enjoyed like the, the, the beginning, the opening with, with like uh spoiler, Matt Damon, his brother, like they're going through like the story of Thor. That was well done. Also, you won't, you don't have to say spoiler. The whole thing from here on out is a spoiler. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I feel guilty, but yeah. So like, yo, that was even like him, like with the, the guardians of the galaxy, it was great. I want to talk now, about that. Yeah, go for as it. No, as soon as you're done with your point, that's that's something I want to talk about. Okay. So the problem with the beginning, and I realized it after I walked out of the theater, the beginning is like the ultimate curtain to let you know that this movie is trash. Yep. Because like it, it sets this like, I realized the movie I wanted to see versus the movie we got is complete polar opposites because like, we ended with Thor being broken. I'm going to try to figure things out in space, you know, find myself, right? So instead of having a movie about, you know, loss, feeling empty, like loss of faith, because that's really the whole central idea or I thought it was going in. Mm-hmm. Like my man gets over his depression in five minutes. Yes. Like, boom. I'm like, all right, that's a problem. He got over it in five minutes and just like, I'm going to be a badass Thor. Now, mind you, I didn't mind like the whole rock and roll loving Thor just because it gave me ghost space ghost rider vibes. Yeah. Um, I fucked with it, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed the uh, not just obviously the big hair metal that they played mm-hmm. of like the 80s, but also like the other sinister tones and shit that they did in just normal tracks. I really Absolutely. Do think that I do. I do think musically I can't shit on Thor at all. All right, perfect. So now here's the part about the beginning that, like, it now, like, a day after that really burns me. Having the Guardians in the beginning and not using them anywhere else is, like, the ultimate most expensive cameo. Time wasted in everything for no reason. Like, they, I, I see no reason for the Guardians of the Galaxy to have even been in the movie now. See, and that's that's the point I want to bring up is like it was such a massive fucking rug pull. Like they cryptoed our ass because like I went into it expecting like as Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, and then, right. and then like that was like ten minutes. And I was like, what a fucking rug pull. That's like you did all that setup, and as Guardians of the Galaxy fucking slaps, and it would have been perfect for um Thor to start doing all that build up that he needed to develop further as a character. But they rug pulled everybody right at the beginning. It was like, oh, man, wouldn't that have been a great story? Let's go over here. 
like such a fucking rug pull. Like it's like getting cock blocked by your boy at the club. Oh, by the mother goose. I you know so the the thing about the beginning is I see two different things. Marvel missed two opportunities. One, they missed an opportunity to have Tika Waititi take a shot at doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie with mm-hmm. Thor. As well as the second one, and, and this is the one I hate the most, and it's not a it's not a Tika Waititi thing, it's it's more Marvel as a whole. Marvel is horrified to make a serious Thor movie because just like the Hulk, they don't know how to market him. Mm-hmm. And this was the movie where you could have gotten away doing a serious story and it should have been a two movie arc. Mm-hmm. It should have been two movies, two movies, especially because, and mind you, I'm not looking for like a, a page per a page for page, like adaptation of, um, Thor, God of Thunder and, and Thor, um, Gore the like Gore the God Butcher, but like there's so many elements you could take from it. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna continue with the movie before I, I pitch to you the version of the movie I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm down for it. So I will say this: at the beginning of the movie, they do introduce two characters that are the only redeeming characters throughout the whole movie for me. And who are they? Those are the goats. <laughs> So just to uh, just to give everybody some some background, I don't want to ruin the first part because I do think everybody should see the first scene just because it's so well well put, and there are so many great early '80s and '90s action film references in it that like it, it sold the movie or at least gave me the illusion that like okay this might be better than what I thought. Um, <laughs> so after Thor saves this um the civilization with the guardians of the galaxy, um, they give them a gift, which are screaming goats. And to Brandon's point, they are probably the most hilarious part. Cause literally they are screaming and screaming to the point. There's a scene when they're flying off in the ship that everybody is ready to murder the goats. So <laughs> it's a, it's a fun part. Definitely um, the goats were, they great. were, and you remember that meme I sent you when I said that that's who it reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah, the director said that's the same fucking meme that he based them off of. Wow. So I accidentally called it. <laughs> Look at you, it's fucking psychic. I mean, it's funny as fuck. <laughs> like, I watched it like eight <laughs> times last night and fucking died each time. <laughs> the goats are great. Um, um, for those but... of you who are curious, just type in to YouTube Taylor Swift goat version. And it's like a 30 second. It should pop right up. It should be the first one. It's like 30 seconds long. And it's totally worth your time. But those are the I goats. Was, <laughs> I will say this. When you originally said it, I'm like, this is weird as shit. And then I watched it. And then I, I'm like, this is funny as shit. So I'll give you that. <laughs> it's, you don't think it's going to be funny, but it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> fucking. Um, but you, do you want to wrap up the, their adventure? Or do you want me to take the lead? Because it, it's so good. <laughs> um, Let me... Let's talk about gore real quick. Let's talk about gore. Um, because we did have a lot to say about gore when you and I were talking last night. About <sighs> All right, y'all. So we're going to jump around before we continue Thor's journey through this movie. So I'm going to let you go first with what you thought about gore. And then um, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll have my, my critiques 
But you, you already told you yesterday. I, I felt like Don Coleone when they brought in Paulie. Like, yo, they murdered my boy. <laughs> what did they <laughs> right. do to my boy? <laughs> they fucking like, murdered Gore. And now I will say this. Uh, at the top of it, before we start roasting Gore, I do fully believe Christian Bale did the best he could with the shit sandwich that he was given. He acted flawlessly. I think what, what got Christian Bale... And, like, you kind of see it just because every time Gore's on screen, he's, like, he really is a different person every time he's on screen. Like, he could, Christian Bell couldn't figure out the tone for Gore. But I would argue the opposite because he was different because he was always in different situations. Correct, correct. You, you know what I mean? So, for example, like, and once again, we're going to do some jumping around, but when he's in um, New Asgard, needs to be you know he needs to be in a different kind of tough whereas when he's with the children later on he's more frightening and scary but he doesn't wish the children specifically any ill will so he's just threatening and scary but he's not powerful you know what i mean when he's going against thor he needs to you kind of need to you know hype yourself up in a fight right but in a fight against children (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean so like I think as a character it showed different faces to that character and that's why I said that he acted flawlessly because yes the character was different but he was but that's a normal person is different in their situation you and I at work are different than you and I on the podcast that are different than you and I around our women you, you know what I mean so you have those different faces that you wear and it wasn't like extravagant changes that he did they were subtle but he remained the same kind of tone throughout. It was a different song, but always in the same key. And and, and mind you, my comment doesn't stem from him like being bad. It's uh, to oh, me, no. it's more from it's the, the like you said, the script and the scenarios, right? Because yeah. that's the thing. Like when he first shows up in Asgard, that scene worked for me. I was like, I like this. Mm-hmm. Like the scene with the kids, boom! I actually I liked it just because that was one of my favorite scenes. The the issue and 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 uh, I'll make this clear that for me the issue with Gore is they wanted to make him him imposing, but at the same time relatable, yep. and that's the pro- that that's and I'm gonna say this right now that is the problem with this phase of Marvel when it comes to their villains. Marvel needs to make a decision: Do you want me to like your villain, or do you want me to hate your villain? can't have both right because like and i'm gonna use wanda because wanda will show up murder everybody in the room but the minute she sees dr strange oh my kids my kids my kids and it's like yo i just watched you kill 10 people and i gotta feel bad about you missing your kids like it, it it it's like i just like i see the like i see how you could be menacing and but then you're gonna play the victim the next minute mm-hmm. whereas if you were playing victim throughout it would have related way better but we'll get on. We got to do a yeah. procession of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because I got a lot to say about that one too. Because I I thoroughly did not enjoy it um, at all, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll that'll be the next yeah. bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. It was because I liked. Because here's the thing: at usually with the Marvel villain, you know, like it's easy to understand why we shouldn't like them. To agree with your point. But with Gore, it's hard because Gore is killing gods. What the fuck do I care about gods for? <laughs> like, uh, 
So to push to that point, I just don't think they fully realized character development within gore that needed mm-hmm. to happen. And I think part of that is because they retconned the fuck out of his backstory. And that's the thing, watching watching Gore's story, like in the beginning, I was like, I can get behind it. And mm-hmm. I, I think the, the thing that that it, it kind of irked me, but it, it should have worked a little bit better is his um his scene meeting the god. Be and, and for everybody at home, so normally Gore's origin is this. Um, he's on a planet. He has a wife. He has a son. He does not have a daughter. Um, and, you know, they're they're a religious civilization. They're going through like a famine or like a dust bowl type situation. And you follow Gore and you see his wife die. And, you know, him and his people, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying for a better world. Um, nothing happens. And then, you know, Gore's son dies from malnutrition and heat and all that. His people are praying and praying and praying. And the difference in the book, in the comic book and in the movie is after his son dies, he he has enough. He's like, yo, why are we praying to these things, these beings that don't give two shits about us? Like he starts questioning, you know, the religion, like the purpose of it. And I, I think that was the part that was missing in his introduction is. Because when he found the god, he was like a blubbering idiot. Like, oh, thank you. Like, we made it. Like, now well, you he, can fix everything. He didn't just find him. He found their battle. Because it was two gods that were fighting. And then one of them fell. Which which follows which follows the, the comic, right? But the thing is, the, the key part, it, it missed him going from, like, believer to atheist. That's yeah. the thing I, I felt like was missing the most versus like, hey, this god is an asshole. And then and then there's the necro sword, right? Don't <laughs> get me fucking started. So So basically the plot in, in both in both the comic and the movie is Gore then finds a sword. And in the comic, the sword is actually in itself a god, but that's a whole nother beast we'll tackle some other time. Another wasted opportunity. Continue. Another wasted opportunity. Like, <laughs> completely wasted. But the sword, they made it like a medieval <laughs> um, n- knight sword instead of... Because if you look at it, I'm actually going to pull it up now so that way I can properly describe it. But in the comics, it does not look like that at all. Well, remember, like he 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 could really form yeah, it into that's anything. That's the whole purpose of the sword. Yeah, the sword is more. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, imagine it, because in the movie too, it was gray for some reason. The sword in the comic, the one thing that never changes about it is pitch black, like pitch fucking black. And for some reason, in the movie they made it gray, whereas. You know what the sword actually reminds me of in the comics, now that I'm actually looking at it? It reminds me of the Thundercat sword. Oh my god. Yeah, that's um that's a good one. And and y'all to like describe the sword, Brandon nailed it. It's a medieval sword, has dark aura, has the whispers of a god in there, 
and it and it picks it picks Gore Christian Bell on the fly because mind you, his God already told him he ain't shit, and his God is actually about to murder him. And then the sword picks him to start murdering gods. Now the sword to go with what we were talking about, the sword can change into like different shapes and forms and stuff. Imagine it more like you know how <laughs> some of you are gonna some of say you are gonna word. scream when I say <laughs> it. You, you know how the symbiote suit Venom <laughs> will change. <laughs> it does that same thing. So also too when when I talk about the movie I wanted to see, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna explain who um, Noel is and and that whole that old thing. So I'll I'll clarify. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they fucked up the sword too, and I think yeah, it's just you had no relation to Gore as a villain, and yeah, I I couldn't Gorn care name. if he succeeded, and I couldn't care if he lost. You know what I mean? Like I had. No, usually you at least develop some sort of, okay, well, he's obviously the bad guy. He needs to lose. But I didn't even have that aspect. I legitimately, it was like watching two different football teams that I don't give a shit about that aren't in my conference go against each other in a preseason game. <laughs> like, I really do not care who comes out victorious. No, yeah, I I, I agree with you. Just like I said, I got up and used the bathroom to try to get a refill during like the heart-wrenching moment between... Uh, Thor and 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 she who shall be named in a few. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. That's another reason they changed it from him having a son to him having a daughter, so that way he can have his daughter in the movie. I mean, what? Which I will say, shout out to Crimson Hensworth for securing the bag. I think that is spot on, especially at royalty wise. Your kid is constantly going to get paid every time this movie gets yeah. played, and this movie will get played oh, on TNT, guaranteed. And I I do want to say that. I didn't, I just wouldn't recommend people going to theaters to watch it. That's it. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad movie by any means, because it's not. And I know, like, I'm going to say a lot of contrarian shit (laughs) about it, but it was not a bad film. It just wasn't a good one either. This is the best way to put it, since it's not on the Val Kilmer list of movies. It's, It's a family movie. It's a Disney family movie that you can wait for it to come out but in terms to like the overall like marvel landscape how people have like hey here are all the movies you have to see you don't have to watch this movie you do not have to like this movie is a, a complete standalone one-off that they were like hey we have this movie we just gotta we gotta get it out so like you don't even have to watch this movie to figure out what's going on no in the you world. need no backstory because um, it gives you the backstory, actually. And I, I will give credit. I did like that scene with Matt Damon and What's-His-Nuts in the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they killed it. They um, always kill it. God, but to sum up, because I had to pull it up from our messages last night when we were talking to Head and God about it. Um, <laughs> I summed up Gore looking like a soy boy looking for his wife's boyfriend <laughs> to ask if he could stay up late to play Twilight Princess. And then you said the funniest shit, again... They they Jared Leto'd Gore. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I felt like I told you, I felt like I was watching Morbius. Because, like, it started strong, and then it just kind of, like, nosedived. Like, wow. (laughs) That was fast. Also, this is the other thing I I got from Gore, and I'm I'm probably going to end on Gore just right here. We need to move on. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Gore, like the whole movie, the version of Gore that I saw was like, what if... <laughs> so you know a certain family by the name of the Adams family, right? Yeah, so... <laughs> I've heard of them, yes. You're aware of a, a, a fester? That's literally yeah. all I saw throughout the whole movie was... Cousin Fester going ham in the Marvel Universe. Like, I could not, I could not get out of my head. I'm like, this is the perfect Adams family. Like, I think Christian Bell is phenomenal as Cousin Fester. Um, but I will highlight, I'm, I am going to highlight what the version of the movie I want to see. Where you could see glimpses of like genius. I, mm-hmm. Either the writing needed to be better or Tika Waititi should not have directed this movie at all. I don't think he should have, because the more I read, the more this is his direction. Um, it Because now bearing in mind, this is a successful film, quote unquote. Um, it did sell well. It's just the reviews of it are very meh. Honestly, everybody, it seems, has the same opinion where it's not a great film. It's just not a bad one either. However, I don't think that I will watch another Marvel movie from him. Because most of this is his artistic choosing to do. A lot of the shit he did add and he did take away based on what he wanted in the film. And you sent me an article that I'll let you sum up. So, y'all, I wish I would have read this before seeing the movie because it definitely would have set my expectations. Chris Helmsworth said this movie is a movie made by a seven-year-old. And then Tika Watiti followed up, yeah, but it's a movie made by six-year-old focus group. And it's 100% true. Like this, it like I, I, they should have marketed yep. the movie as a kid's movie as a kid's. I mean, I think they did. They did a good job marketing it as a rom-com. And even then they failed in that aspect of it as well. Yeah, that was fucking terrible. Now let's move <laughs> Hold on. on to we got Let's move on to James. Well, before we hit James, we do. It. Let me, I got to oh. We got to explain how we get there real quick. So y'all, after Thor saves the, the, the religious people and he gets his goats, um, he has a whole, um, him and the Guardians, they get a, they're going through distress signals. They're looking for missions. And they get a shit ton of distress signals about gods being murdered. And one of the distress signals happens to be Sif. Yes, Sif. The chick who's been missing since phase two <laughs> showed up in Agents of... <laughs> yeah, showed up at Agents of Shield. Oh, well, the the biggest reason actually was the lady who plays Sif. She had a show on a- NBC or whatever, and it, it it messed up scheduling. So that's why we didn't see her in the other Thor movies. Oh, I just thought they remember how fucking Dragon Ball forgot about launch. Yep, I thought they launched her. <laughs> no, it's, it's scheduling just scheduling issues, mind you. Up even um Dude Man in uh Waka- um in the new Wakanda Forever, the guy who played uh, the head of security, he's not even in it. So. But we'll we'll touch that later. Um, but yeah, so they get a message and it's from Sif. So at this point, to cover more ground, because the Guardians are also investigating the gods getting murdered. They're it's gonna go never one followed way. up on after at all. And I'm gonna and I'll I'm gonna drop all the times that the Guardians could have and should have showed up. They decide to split. Thor Thor's up. He gets on his goats and they and they go to Sif. Well, even this part, like it, it felt so lame because this man hasn't seen Sif in years. 
hasn't seen Sif in years, and it's the most comedic. Co- it's like Thor wanted to be uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail so bad. Yep. So bad. So he pulls up, and they're having this emotional scene where she's like, this guy, he's going around, he's just killing gods and all this. And he's like, I got to get you back to Asgard, which is in Oklahoma. Um, I got to get you back to Asgard to get you healed up. And she's like, no, let me die here. I want to go to Valhalla. And he's like, you can't go to Valhalla since you didn't die in battle. And then she pauses. And then they have a little a little awkward <laughs> about it. And then we're in Asgard. Oh, now, before we continue in Asgard, this is when we reacquaint ourselves with Jane Foster. Um, Jane is in a medical room with an IV in her arm. And some kid is reading her book and she explains how wormholes work. And uh, this is where we find out that Jane has cancer. Which is very true to the comic, I might add. Very, very true. Um, Darcy makes a cameo. She pulls up. And I just want to say this is the only time you're going to see Darcy in the whole movie. Yeah. During the cancer conversation that she's having with Jane. Just, man, this you could tell this is lazy writing. Complete lazy writing. But at the same time, I would do it as well. It leads to a, like a research montage for Jane trying to figure out how to cure her cancer. And you even get the old um, Swedish guy who's in the movies. He like sends her a voice message like, hey, your cancer's bad. I'm so sorry. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, it's stage four terminal. Mm-hmm. And as Jane is like researching, she has books on Asgard. And she picks up a book and starts reading the lore of Mjolnir. Somehow her reading the book allows Mjolnir to reach out to her and be like, hey, you need to come to me. So Jane is now on her way to Asgard. When Jane gets to Asgard, Asgard is it's is Walt Disney's wet dream. Uh, so the chick who plays uh, Valkyrie Tessa Thompson, she's running the show because Thor like bequeathed the throne to her, and she's actually doing a pretty good job. Like they monetize like their culture. People are coming. There's like golf parks. There's housing. It's actually very well done. Like, I'm glad they were thriving. I did miss the, um, and the difference with like Asgard in the comics versus Asgard in this version. They kind of got past how everybody in Oklahoma was feeling about having gods just living there. And like, it's a like perfect union. The city actually works well. And I actually enjoyed the whole corporate like money wise just because i'm like this feels like it would actually happen in our world where they'd show up and be like we need to make money on this now so she's like running the show and all that uh, that's where we get like matt damon we see all the different characters and then jane pulls up to the hammer she's hiding in the crowd hiding in a hoodie also that's another thing that bothered me you have a whole bunch of guards there and nobody's wondering why this hooded woman is just looking over mjolnir like obsessively <laughs> yeah and why would she wear in a hood anyway nobody would have cared like it's not like she's not welcome <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like she wasn't hiding from anybody like i don't know why that was so i do agree that was very weird it was just a weird scene and then 18 guards are just watching this woman who's wearing like a hoodie like you said just fucking stare at mjolnir like in its case like like and it's the only thing around the rest of the group left and they're just standing there. 
totally chill. Like she looked more suspicious in that hoodie than if she would have just been standing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So y'all, so now we can go back to Thor. So Thor shows up in, in Asgard. And as he shows up, there's a big battle that breaks out. These dark shadow monsters start appearing all over the town, fighting people. And I do want to clarify, if you, when you watch this scene, everybody that's fighting is not a human being. These are Asgardians, so it's very normal to see people fighting in like their shorts, their tank tops. These people are Vikings, so they're going to fight. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They zero. So Thor gets there and he's trying to Thor it up with uh, Valkyrie. And yeah. then as he's fighting, that's when he sees Mjolnir. Yeah, he just shows up and goes, it's Thor in time and starts Thoring all over the place. Exactly. And when he sees Mjolnir, he's like, holy shit, I'm about to get my hammer back. And he does the whole thing. Like he calls for it. And then just as it inches close to him, that's when we see it pulled back. And we first get to see the mighty Thor. So if you've seen the sequence in the trailer, that's the scene. And then we get exposition on their relationship. Uh, yeah. And we're just going <laughs> to fly through all of that because I don't have the time or patience. It, um, it's a it's a quick summary. It's not crazy. It basically just goes through like, oh, these two were madly in love at one point, which they were. So there it is. And then yeah, they left because Thor had God things to do and she had science things to do. And they kind of just mutually left each other. She did leave him a note that said that she was leaving and why, but that's, that's it. <laughs> and just to add the most, like the little, the, the, the part as to why they split is because Thor realized he got a thought and he said that the longer she stayed with him, the more in danger she would be. So it's just a case of, I want to tell you, I care about you, but instead of telling you, I'm just going to, like try to uber save the world so that way no matter what i know you're safe and then it just led the distance so yeah um i will say this i did not mind jane foster thor in the comic um because in the comic she's really well written and the way it works is she does have cancer as well in the comic but every time she transforms into thor is it you know it purifies her body so mm -hmm that's what gets rid of the chemo and everything else. She would have had a shot of fighting cancer in the comic, but she kept transforming to Thor to save everybody else. So it was this weird thing where she was constantly in debate whether or not, you know, it was the threat that she needed to solve. The only part of Jane Foster Thor I didn't like in the comic was the writer. Actually, it was like talking shit about the fans of Thor in the comic. <laughs> like he was kind of a fucking douchebag about it. Um, outside of that, the story was really good. It was just, the dude was a dick, but, but yeah, it was actually very compelling. So I walked into this. I know a lot of people were mad thinking that like, they're trying to change Thor into a woman and political bullshit, political bullshit. But mm -mm. I, I'm the first one and Ken dog can attest. I'm the first one to always call out pandering of any kind in a movie. Cause I fucking hate it. This was not pandering at all. <laughs> like it was actually really well done. And it does have source material that's already established. And that source material is also really fucking good. Um, but anyway, I digress. But it just kind of goes through all of that. And I just wanted to bring that up about Jane Foster Thor real quick. Yeah. So they have Woody Banter. Um, and you can tell Thor still has the hots for her. And she sort of still has the hots for him. But they continue fighting. It's at this point, And this is like where you see the subtle hints of, of greatness 
of what they actually could have done with Gore and Christian Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one, I don't know why nobody told that man like, "Yo, you need to bulk up." Like, I don't think he needed to be super bulky, but he should have been a little bit shredded or a little more defined. He's, he's just because that bulky in the comic. No, but if you look at Gore's body, because that's the that's the other issue I had. I like though this is why I don't think the Guardian should have been in it. Period. Because that money you spent on all the Guardians. That could have been money used for cosmetics and, and and you know CGI just because the gore in the comic versus the gore in the movie he's a lot more imposing in the comic like yeah. he's not he's not super built in the comic but he's defined like you you can tell like gore you know he occasionally picked up a rock as well as the CGI of like the all black energy, like looming over him, how he used to morph it into a hood and like knives and all that stuff. I would have mm-hmm. preferred to see that. But regardless, when Thor first sees Gore, it's, I think it's actually one of the best scenes just because from afar, and maybe Tika Watiti meant to do this. Gore looks like the pale rider. He looks like the pale rider out of the Bible. Like you see this dude, completely like clad in white super sickly and from afar he looks super imposing and then when thor like rushes to him he's gone and but then immediately he's like he's in his face like i thought that was a very well done scene and then like the misdirect is the battle in the town y'all wasn't to actually fight it was so that gore could kidnap all the kids in town and take them but they they get into their little their little spat, but uh, yeah, that's where Gore shows up. He kind of makes his introduction. He kidnaps the kids, and then Thor, Valkyrie, and then Mighty Thor. They have to rally all the townspeople, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna get your kids back and all that." And um, it's cool because one of the the central side characters is um, Heimdall's son. And right after, <laughs> right after the the kids are. Um, are kidnapped. There's an exchange between him and Heimdall's son. Um, it's not bad. <laughs> it's it's cute, but like there are times that the movie needed to take itself serious mm-hmm. and it didn't, and that kind of it hurt the flow. But needless to say, they know that the kids are somewhere in the shadow world, which Thor already knows about. And he's like, Alright, we just gotta get there to do it. So they they go to the town hall. They have this rising speech. Valkyrie's doing Valkyrie things, leading the people, even though she doesn't want to lead the people. And there's the part that bothered me about that was like when Thor started the speech to calm everybody's nerves. To me, that was another missed opportunity. And I'll I'll touch on it later, just because everybody shuts up and listens and Thor's like, we're going to get the kids back. And that's that. And then they, they kind of go on from there. Am I missing anything? <laughs> Man, you are going way more in depth than we need to go into. We don't need step by step. Okay. All right. Cool. So well, like, I, like we only got so much time, my dude. And we're At this point, we're at the same amount of time in this review as they would have been in the movie. All right. So yeah, we're, we're going to speedball it. Next thing you know, ne- next thing you know, they go to the omnipotent city in the comic. Everybody's dead in there. But when they pull up, it's a giant ass fucking party. They actually say hi to Jesus. Jesus is yes. known as the God of Carpentry. Yes. That was that was hilarious. The way that they was did funny, that because yeah. it wasn't. They can totally say like, no, that was a different God of Carpentry. You know what I mean? Like the way they did it was mint. <laughs> it, it was smooth. 
It was so, really well done. <laughs> facts. So the reason why they go to the omnipotent city is because Thor told his people, we're going to raise an army to get the kids. So he yes. wants to go raise an army of gods. It Just, doesn't uh, go. Yeah. Let's, it th- does. let's let's bring the one thing that this guy is known for killing <laughs> to, to go fight him. Yeah, that's perfect. That'd be like, that'd be like this man is. It's like people who fight Achilles going. Yeah, but we can't hit him in the heel. Like that'd be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No. So they get to the um, omnipotent. Um, they get to the city. I can't yeah. say that word right Omnipotence. now. Omnipotence. And um, really well done. I didn't know Russell Crowe was in the movie, but Russell Crowe is in there. Um, he does really it's, well. Yeah. Fun scene. Very fun yeah, scene. Yeah, very fun scene. Russell Crowe fucking crushes it. I was not anticipating his fake accent. It reminded me of um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> yep. It was, yes, it was like if Alexio was. <laughs> yeah, Alexio was Zeus. And like 100%. <laughs> um, but they all get there and Thor, you know, because it's Chris Hemsworth and we need the female audience. Chris Hemsworth gets stripped naked by uh, by Zeus. Everybody worships Zeus. The other gods worship Zeus because he's quote unquote the oldest of the gods. So he kind of runs the shit show there. Um, he's, he, uh, Here's Thor talking in the background as he's giving a speech about their upcoming orgy. He calls him to the front, you know, to talk to everybody. And Thor makes a speech about, hey, like, we got to get all the gods to go kill this guy. And Zeus is like, he's killing demigods and, like, lower gods. I don't give a shit. Strips him naked. Um, like, just because. Um, at that point, the Valkyrie and the other chick, Mighty Thor, they uh, come to his rescue, kind of. And this big battle ensues between Zeus and Thor. Thor wins. They steal Zeus's thunderbolt and they GTFO. Yep. That that oh. sums up all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And then, <laughs> and then from there, after they steal the thunderbolt, they're on their way to Gore. And um, <laughs> this is where Thor and Jane rekindle their love because you know it hasn't been a of couple course. of years. They rekindle their love, their boyfriend and girlfriend again. And when they get to the shadow realm, they can't find the kids as well as they're looking around and they see and Jane finds out that the prophecy or the thing that um, Gore's after is actually Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, a, a blade that was just made recently in the MCU, has a prophecy that it's used to summon the, bri- the Bifrost to enter the realm of eternity. Only Eternity, of all the Celestials, just Eternity, who sits by himself in the same room that they shot Interstellar. Yeah, just the Waterworld and Interstellar. It's the same shit. I I do want to to clarify. Eternity is in a Celestial. Eternity is 100% in a Celestial. Nah, man, he's just a cosmic being. No, he's one of them. No. I'm pulling it right now because I don't believe you at all. He's he's just a cosmic being. Really? Yeah, yeah. So the, the so just to clarify, the, the celestials are gods, but the reason why eternity is just a celestial being because eternity He's supposed to show up when the balance of the universe is like upset, like, you know, 
like we saw in, in the original Infinity Gauntlet story. Yeah. He's supposed to show up when the balance is fucked. Most recently, he showed up in the second Civil War comic. Like, the kid they were fighting, he could see into the future. So, Eternity showed up and was like, big man, you're hella strong. If I leave you here, you're going you're gonna to fuck everything up. Do you want to come hang out with me? And the kid was like, yeah, let's go. Boom. Got him out. Like, Celestial's there because the, he's there to, like, make sure the universe is balanced. He's not a Celestial. But Eternity is just an omnipotent being... Like I think he's up there, right up, like right below the living, or he's either above the living tribunal or below it, but right below the one above all. Well, the the fucking pyramid guy is the one who's directly below him. Then yeah, it's the living tribunal. Okay, so yeah, the living tribunal is right below it, and then I could have swore he's one of the celestials. Nah, nah, he's 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 bigger than them. He's bigger than the Beatles, baby. Well. Continue, I think though. I think I'm just completely wrong about the Celestials in general because these are not what I thought they were. Because like I was thinking of like, um, who is it, Doctor Fate, and you know like all that kind of shit, like that whole group. We'll we'll, we'll get into that complicated thing another time <laughs> before it gets real messy. Um, all right, yeah. Um, anyway. for, the, for the sake oh. of the movie, he's a magic fucking genie. He's a dragon ball, pretty much. Yeah, he's a one-wish dragon ball. That's so fucking weird. I gotta dig into that. Something's not right. Like, I'm not just wrong. Like, my whole perception of it is off. So I need to I need to dive into that after we record. Oh, dude, Sorry. it's it's like it's like <laughs> when I when I finally looked at the Warhammer 40k lore, and then I realized I got caught up in the propaganda, and then I heard the actual story, and I'm like, wow. There's yeah. a lot of there's sustenance here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm way off. Um, but yeah, man. So essentially, he finds out that Stormbreaker, which Stormbreaker is also one of the main characters of the, of the show, because Stormbreaker mm-hmm. is personified in the movie, which I did thoroughly enjoy. Um, I thought Stormbreaker was funny as fuck the whole time. Um, I liked the way he said it's storm in time and then stormed all over everything. But no, Stormbreaker is really also really well written, minus the ancient prophecy that somehow everybody but the guy who made Stormbreaker knows about, um, where Stormbreaker can summon the Bryphos to Eternity himself. Now, the reason why Gore wants to go to Eternity is to wish all the gods dead. Which is similar to the comic, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um so they all show up to fight Gore. They get their asses handed to them, which is the only time in that movie Gore was done right is when he fucking demolishes Valkyrie, Mighty Thor, and Thor in like a baton of an eye because that's how he's supposed to be. By the way, the whole scene of this is shot in black and white because it's an area void of color. It is just pitch darkness. So it is fucking phenomenally well shot just from a cinematogra- uh, cinematography point of view. Oh yeah, I got uh, Seven Samurai vibes from it. I felt it, I thought that was a well done scene. It was so well done, and at that point, they fucking bail back to Asgard. Yeah, um, Jane's dying, dying. Valkyrie got stabbed in the kidney. Yep. Um, and then Thor's got his shit pushed in. So yep. they all got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And then um, after they get the shit kicked out of him, which I did enjoy that scene. That was also well done. It's the next part that I have an issue with. So I'm gonna let you take the head of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I'm going to prep my shit talking. Because I Wait, fucking hate the next part. Now, are we, are we jumping to when Thor's like, I'm just going to Thor it up and handle business? Or like, do you want the emotional, like, if you use the hammer, I, I want to make sure I at least told you I don't want you to use it because I love you. Yeah. There you go. You just did it. Anyway. All right, nailed so it. Okay. Can, yeah. so, the next, <laughs> so the next scene, and I'll explain why I liked it. So Thor shows up to it. where where um, Gore is summoning the, the Bifrost to, to meet Eternity. All the kids are there. And uh, Gore summons a shadow army. And then by... And this is the most... I, I really like this scene just because it felt very true to the comics in the sense of... Thor can impart his powers on people. He can be like, hey, man, I need you to Thor it up for five minutes. And then, boom, you're Thored. And the reason why I got excited and I should, I knew I should have, like, I, let me rephrase that. I saw the scene and then I'm like, damn, there's so many other things they could have done with it. But Thor deputizes all the kids. There's like all 20. the kids. Yeah, there's like 20 kids and they all have the power of Thor. And then they proceed to start whipping Shadow Monster ass. They they did a better job fighting the monsters than their own parents did. Which was another thing. These kids have like barely any training, but they they fought better. And I <laughs> the other reason why I enjoyed the scene, because I was watching it with my boy. I'm like, it literally looks like all these kids grabbed a bunch of keyblades. <laughs> so it had like a Kingdom Hearts aesthetic for me. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it so much. I hated that fucking scene. It was so fucking dumb. Because yes, Thor can depart his powers. Yes. However, <laughs> to he creates the Thor core from fucking um, Battle Planet. Legit, yes, legit. But and, and yeah, <laughs> and all the kids. So these fucking first of all, they would have all died. Like, let's just oh, start real there. life. In real yeah. life, absolutely. They, real they life. all should have gotten, like, <laughs> they all should have died. Thor deputizing them served no purpose outside of the whole, because the whole movie ends with the idea that anybody can be Thor, which is true. I do, I do agree with that because it's literally written, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, I, he I who that. is worthy. Yep. Yeah. Um, however. It's never like 30 fucking people at once. And if he did that, that would make him 30 times weaker. They they kind of tried. It's not just a, oh, we're all Thors now. Because then what's the fucking point? There's no fall to that. You need a backside to every good side. You know what I mean? (laughs) So they totally just neglected that. It was like the fucking Frieza meme where it's like, yeah, but then this happens. He's like, I'm just going to ignore that. And then like nothing. <laughs> it, it was so fucking stupid. And then the way the kids fought was like with whatever random toys they had at the time. So like one girl's using laser beam bunny rabbit. Which is so fucking fuck- phenomenal. It was so fucking stupid. <laughs> it was so fucking dumb. Like it's 100% a kid's movie. Like that was the most kid's movie shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. All of them were Shazam, essentially. Like, <laughs> like he Shazammed all of them. And then Thor goes on to battle fucking Gore, the main tyrant, while this has happened. No, he's not doing that. He's talking to Stormbreaker, trying to rip Stormbreaker out, right? Yeah, mm mm-hmm. And and Gore's about to whoop his ass, which I don't know why Gore wasn't, like, stabbing kids. (laughs) Yeah, Gore doesn't give a fuck. Gore would have saw 30 (laughs) more targets. Like, he would have been like, oh, cool, now I can finally kill these shitheads. You know what I mean? Like, it it just it totally wrote off his personality, because at that point, they're no longer children to him. They are gods which 
bye bye. It's very very. Gore does not have <laughs> like he is not a hard character to decipher. If you are a god, you are dead. It is that easy, black and white. Yep. <laughs> like there's no middle ground. There's no oh, but he knows a god that he grew up with. Wouldn't it matter. He could have been a god with the like a best friend could have been a god, and he would have fucking murdered him the day he was like, I'm killing all gods now. Like, he does not give a shit. Um, but in all of Thor's efforts, uh, he gets thwarted and the Bifrost gets open to Gore. Or for Gore to Eternal. Oh, but remember, also too, at this point, as he was pulling the hammer, Jane shows up yep. to help him. Yes. And they, they managed to actually destroy the necro sword but we'll touch on that later oh god <laughs> they they managed to destroy the necro sword with the power of love and sacrifice um and everybody goes to the dragon ball room yes the- <laughs> everybody goes to the dragon ball room yeah the, uh, the hyperbolic time chamber gets open mm, yes act perfect perfect and um as go- also eternity's just sitting in the room like a fucking kid like yeah uh, crisscross applesauce just chilling oh. watching like two people die he <laughs> just like i'm there and um so as gore is getting closer to eternity to make the wish and he's he's doing a little back and forth with thor thor trace up to him like yo if i'm gonna die i'd rather spend my last five minutes with her so go ahead and, and make the wish and kill everybody and as he's having this tender moment with jane um I, I even forgot what the fuck Jane said to him. Um, Jane convinces him with the power of love that if, you know, you're doing all of this for this little girl, why don't you just wish her back? Which he does. And it's one of those, it's just, it, and mind you, it's the same fucking plot from, from Multiverse of Madness. You know, you did all these things to do this when you could have just done A, X, Y, Z. Like it's it's just a case of like it, there was a simple solution, but you decided to murder hundreds of people to do it because you wanted to. But um, yeah, that's it. The power of love wins. He wishes his daughter back because his daughter was wished back through eternity. She came back with powers. Um, Thor, uh, Jane dies. By the way, she dies the same way she does in the comic, where she gets like sprited off. But mind you, hers was in the sun. And I think she was fighting Mad Gog, which was a lot more cooler. Yeah, um, way, way cooler. <laughs> yeah, way more cooler. But yeah, so essentially, what I got out from the movie is Tika Waititi is a huge How I Met Your Mother fan because essentially Thor's arc in this movie is the Barney Stilson arc in the last season. He finds love again. Well, he finds love, loses it, and then finds that fulfilling void that he needs to fill by raising a daughter. The end. That's it. Oh, and Jane goes to Valhalla, and the guy from Ted Lasso is Hercules. The end. <laughs> yeah. Um. Essentially, the whole thing just sucked. Um. The. So here's the thing: they could have, re- if they would have removed Jane Foster entirely, and given her her own movie, it would have been fucking phenomenal. If they would have done Love and Thunder with just Gore. It would have been fucking awesome. If they would have done As Guardians of the Galaxy, it would have been fucking awesome. But they tried to hodgepodge all three of them together, and then none of the things actually got flushed out properly. 
Yeah, dude, the pacing in this movie, like the this, movie, yeah, the pacing, it's breakneck. Wild. It's like boom, 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 boom. And then, like when they realize that you, as an audience member, don't know something, they just, oh well, here's a quick five, ten second explanation of why this is happening. Like it's very like there's a lot of Mary Sue going on, and there's a lot of fucking um, what do we call it, Mac- uh, MacGuffins. Yes, like, it's all MacGuffins and Mary Sues. And it, it just doesn't bode to a good story. Um, like I said, like I don't not recommend the movie, but I don't recommend it either. <laughs> like it just is, it just exists. Um, they just try to do way too much at once. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wait for Disney Plus and and watch it with your family. It's a, I will say, it's a great family movie. There you go. I'd say it's that. A, yeah, it's a great family movie, but there really is no need for anybody to watch it. Unless you're bored. Alright. Here's the shits that really killed me about the movie. Number one, my man the whole movie. We're gonna raise an army. We're gonna raise an army. You got fucking Guardians of the Galaxy investigating the same fucking murder, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like, I'm not gonna call them because I got a lead? Yeah. Or any of the remnants of the Avengers. No, no. Or no. the new Avengers, as they're gonna be called here soon. <laughs> oh, if, yo, if, if if this is the phase of forming the Avengers, then they've it's, done a terrible it, job. It's gonna be the new Avengers, and you fucking know it. That's exactly. I know who's it coming. is. Um, God, that's gonna be so bad. Um, like there's so many other things that could have happened, and once again, it's just. Remember how I always complain about it? It's that NPC mentality. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was. Like the director had in his head how he wanted this movie to go and said and and didn't think outside of the way he wanted it to go on how all those cogs actually turned. He didn't look through his character's perspective at all. He looked at just the story. He didn't look at the story as seen by the people he was he was doing it for. And that's one of the that's how you always tell good writing from poor writing is if the person if you're able to relate to a character, that means the character is actually moving and operating in the in the world the same way the reader would. Right. If you just look at the story as a whole and you just write that story, you lose that aspect and in turn you lose the audience's engagement with that story. So I do blame the, the director for this is because at no point did any of the characters act in a way that a normal person would act. I agree. One, uh, like I agree. 100. Honestly, y'all this, this technically should have been the setup to one as guardian of the galaxies movie. Two uh, Mighty Thor movies, and then two Gore movies with them coming together. Like essentially six movies. And mind you, this man said, "I'm down to do seven, eight more." Yeah. So like he's down. You can do it. Yeah, and you know Christian Bale would have done it. Like, oh yeah. If it if if it was a two parter and they imparted all this, it could have worked. It could. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gore's a compelling character for Christian Super Bell to have been like, I'll do this guy. Yeah, because he I know he had had to have seen something, especially with the whole like I'm killing guys anti-religion aspect way, of the film. The way Christian Bale works, he is very much like uh, like remember him in the mechanic? 
The machinist. Which one was yeah, it? Yeah, the, machin- the machinist. Yeah. Um, like the dude is such a fucking character actor that I have no doubt that he went and read every fucking anything involving gore at all. Um, and he did impart that the way he was able to change it from scene to scene that he was involved in. Um, and if you would have given him more time to shine, I think because Gore should be one of the most compelling villains in the MCU comparatively to fucking Thanos. Dude, he's 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 that big of a threat. You could argue a little bit more because he's actually physically killed gods. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's more of a threat than Thanos. Like, mm-hmm. like and instead they kind of wrote him as a B-tier character. Bro, it's like one of the Blue Man group accidentally got white out and went crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so... I really don't know what to make of this movie. It did have some comedic effects that I was a fan of. I fucking hated the last 30 minutes of it. <laughs> um, the last 30 minutes for me were just fucking miserable. I had to grit my teeth and bear down on it. But the rest of the movie was okay. Yeah. It was just I... hella okay. It was very mediocre. <laughs> it was extremely average. Remarkably, <laughs> remarkably mid. <laughs> Yo, if if we're being honest, I I probably legit I think I would have had Sam Rainey direct this one just because Marvel, I don't know if they realize it, Marvel had an excuse to make a dark Thor movie, like a heavy Thor movie to like really um, you know, Thor to reflect on who he is as a person, how he's grown, okay. dealing with grief, dealing with loss. And Gore would have been the perfect catalyst for that. Right. Because it's like there's two ways to deal with your grief. There's a healthy way and then there's the unhealthy way that Gore is taking. Um, but even then, right? Because so the version of the movie, I'm saying it maybe two parts. You can probably even get away with three parts, right? Oh, and you can 100% get off with three parts. Three parts. And not only that. Chris Hemsworth could have secured money for almost everybody in his family. So here's why, right? In the comic, when when Thor and Gore meet up, they meet up in, in 943 AD. They meet up in 943 AD. And Gore, for his credit, and a lot of people don't notice it because of how quick the movie moves... The man's been hunting gods for over 2,000 years. Yeah. He's been hunting gods for over 2,000 years. And the one thing that the movie doesn't talk about is how he's able to find all these gods is when he catches a god, he keeps one alive and he tortures them until they give him information on how to find other gods. And you, there's there's a lot of like sadistic dark things about him that would have made him a lot more menacing, right? Like imagine the movie opening, and and talking about Noel, because it, it gives you the background of the Necro Sword, as well as you can sneakily introduce Noel and symbiotes, right? Because in Guardians, because they're in the movie, we go to nowhere. What's nowhere? A celestial floating head, right? Guess who's the asshole that cut that Celestial's head off? 
golly, I wonder who it could be. Exactly. No killed, no killed Hella Celestia. So literally the opening montage is the history of the Necro Sword, this being that lived in between the void. And we've been literally showing Celestials all phase, right? You could have opened the movie with a bang of him fighting Celestials. And you're seeing how the how the sword, how eventually Noel gets beaten and how the sword kind of like drifts off into space. You sneakily introduce symbiotes into the into the whole thing. You know, bada bing, bada boom, bada bam, right? And then it, it could even be a montage of people wielding the sword and how it had the one desire to kill gods because the celestials were gods. And then from there, you do, you do, then you follow it with gore, right? You really flesh out, well, no, not even you don't flesh out gore yet. You, um, then you jump to Thor and you pick up with him kind of like trying to figure his shit out. And, you know, you can even, you could even do, you could essentially do the same scene with him and the guardians and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the weight of the movie would have came when Thor gets, sees all the notices of gods dying and him, you know, it should have, it should have showed him kind of panicked. Right. Because in the comic, Thor is under the assumption he killed Gore in the modern times. And when he sees gods are dying again, he's like, Oh shit, he's back. And mind you, you could have had a whole like it situation where this is where you get your exposition and you get to do a time travel and you get a young Thor. Who's like really, you know, making his name out there. Right. And who can you cast as a young Thor? Chris Hemsworth's fucking brother. Cast him as a young Thor. Like, the first movie is essentially modern Thor trying to catch up with gore. And you're you're doing a time hop of showing when they first met and how much of a threat he was to Thor. Just like in the first issue of, like, God, like the first run of God of Thunder is, like, is that back and forth of him jumping in time to the point where you see their fights parallel, right? The fights parallel into real life all the way to the end of God of Thunder, where Gore slips into the it slips in time, goes to like the right to the beginning of time for his great master plan, and you end the movie with a shot of old King Thor fighting all the shadow monsters like in the book. So we know like oh shit he lost. Like there was like a whole lot of setup they could have done, and like they could have he literally could have got his family like rich by putting them as like young Thor, and then I don't know who they would have figured out to play old Thor. And like, just you, you literally, you just do the whole God of Thunder and Gore the God Butcher run. And mind you, you don't even have to like add it. Like, you it does not have to be exactly the same. But like, you know, we should have seen him enslaving gods. We should have seen him killing gods. We should have seen him using the blood of the gods to like make himself strong. Like, there were so many things they could have done to make him a lot more menacing and really raise the stakes. Versus, hey, it's a heist movie to make a wish. Brandon's like, this is a terrible idea. No, I just, I'm just so shook. <laughs> like, dude, there was a really good movie under there. And he could have mm-hmm. gotten the bag for like a majority of his family. Because they all look the fucking same. Like, imagine we could have had an on-screen gore fight with three Thors. And we're never going to get it now. Nope. Um, it, just, it just baffles me, man. But, um, yeah, so that's our... 
take on Thor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's roll out. Um, Marvel, hire us to do a, a, a fucking screenplay or something. <laughs> hire literally anybody but who you're writing. Um, that's just for Disney in general. Um, you just need new writers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real they've just been shitting out the same thing over and over again because guess what we got yet another fucking marvel movie where a fucking uh older dude and a fucking young kid need to go around the galaxy yeah pretty this, much this yeah. is like the 18th one in a row <laughs> you know what it, it's funny i'm gonna end it i'm gonna end my part on this they probably came to um natalie portman the same way they came to harrison ford hey um we never wrote out your character. So do you want to wrap their character up? And they were like, yes, let's Please. give this character an ending instead of like, Hey, yo, we can make you Thor for like two, three movies. And mind you, she even talks about how her daughters were excited and went and bought the toys. I'm like, yo, she could have had a two, three movie deal. Like really solidified herself. Nope. Also the villain for this movie should have been the guy from rocks on. And that's where I end my critique. So be sure to check us out um, the next time <laughs> Disney releases a movie. <laughs> so no. far, all of our Disney reviews have not been good. <laughs> yeah, no, man. It's, I did. I really want like we. You know, we'll do a we'll do a fun review of like um, of Cap and Bucky because that that show was actually really well done, and I I enjoyed every episode of that show. So we'll do we'll do one where we'll, we'll be nice to Disney. I don't, I haven't watched it. <gasps> you haven't watched. Uh, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I no. I feel I'm like not, you would enjoy it. I I don't like anything pertaining to Captain America. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> I well, I don't like it. It it does not resonate for me. In fact, it has the opposite effect. <laughs> I I think um I think you'd enjoy it just because they shit on Captain America the whole time because I'd enjoy eh, that. Not the whole time, but there is shitting on Captain America a little bit just because it's like it's it's pretty much like the whole. There's still a whole lot of people that can't believe Anthony Mackie's Captain America, um, but it's it's a good show. It's it's a good show. There's a there's a loose end on there that they really don't haven't really fixed up yet but i don't know when i'm sure they're keeping that in their back pocket but it is it is a very well done show it does a really good job of um i think the breakout person for this show is zemo in in um falcon and the winter soldier it does a really good job of fleshing him out but i think you'd enjoy the show i think you would Eh, we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. See y'all next week for Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even think we go play by play. If y'all haven't seen it, I've seen it. We're just gonna rip the movie apart. Yeah, we're just gonna destroy it. Okay. <laughs> like so, make sure make sure next week for our bonus episode, you have no excuse. It's on Disney Plus now. Watch Multiverse of Madness. So that way you can hear us talk shit about it. Because we're not gonna give the play by play. We're just gonna talk mad shit for an hour. And that's yeah. going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you on the next episode. Later, y'all.
Hey, thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore. Also, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next. You, Me, and Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistad. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.